This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Insert overly dramatic entry uh, intro right here. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is Joseph Hammond. I am a primary school specialist music and computing teacher, and I am here with the Saturday lunchtime show on October the 23rd. Um, You'll have to forgive my voice. I've been a little bit ill this week, so I'll do the best I can. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. <coughs> okay then. So, um, now um, I'm aware that um, looking at the stats of my previous episode, it was downloaded quite a few times, which is uh, I was I was pretty impressed by um, because you know when you don't get that many live listeners, um, you get a few live listeners that engage with you at the time, but you don't. But you you think does that then translate to downloads? But I was I was surprised. Like you know, I had about five people listening live yeah the the uh, last two weeks ago but then um but then i look i looked at you look at the downloads and it's been downloaded like over 300 times which is a bit crazy so um yeah as i as i said <clears throat> my i might be coughing a bit and my voice might be a little bit off today because i have been a bit ill this week but i will uh do my best so what i wanted to talk to you about today um or talk with you about today is two things um i wanted to talk a bit about um risky play and why it's so important for children and child development hey tom good to see you um So I wanted to talk a bit about why risky play is so important for um, for child development. And I also wanted to uh, talk a bit about specialist teachers in primary schools, like uh, where do they fit in and how and I why I think it is important for primary schools to have specialist teachers hello tscw good to see you um so oh and at the end i wanted to try something a bit different um i think i'm gonna play some music to you how does that sound (laughs) i i just I partly just wanted an excuse to play that sound effect, um, but uh, yeah. So I thought that since I'm a music teacher, um, that it might be valuable and it might be might be fun for people to listen to some of the songs that I might I might use with the kids, um, and that. So yeah, uh, I. Now, I just want to test this out. So, Tom and uh, TSCW, can you confirm for me? Can you hear the piano? Yes, that's a resounding yes. Excellent. Okay, now test two. 
I've also got my guitar out. So um, can you give me a yes? If you can hear the guitar. Sweet. Okay, good. All right. So all my instruments can be heard. You can never be sure on some voice chat apps. It's um, sometimes like Discord, for example, um for those that don't know discord is what was originally designed for gamers and playing video games together now it's sort of become a much broader thing but their noise cancelling is so good that if i had it on you could hear me talking perfectly but my musical instruments wouldn't be heard at all um so whenever i'm playing music through that if i'm playing a game with friends i have to remember to turn off noise cancelling so that they can actually hear the instruments so yeah all right anyway so we'll try that at the end um now then so i want to start with why risky play and adventurous play is so important for kids because it's something that we've seen a decline that certainly seen a decline of over the years i mean i remember i'm 32 and when i was at school we still had a lot of um a lot of i guess risk averse things in place and gradually you saw the less the more dangerous playground equipment in public playgrounds as well being taken down and i think that in in many ways you know health and safety is of course super important you don't want um a negligent play piece of playground equipment or a negligent uh or, or lack of supervision or um safety measures to be responsible for a serious injury but my feeling is that most places and i think this is out of fear of um being well getting into trouble with um health and safety groups and well sometimes for parents it can be very easy for them to you know blame a piece of playground equipment and it just often it just takes one incident um in order for that piece of playground equipment or that activity to have to be stopped or taken down because um it's deemed too risky and um you don't want that uh to happen again but here's where the problem lies you if you deny children the opportunity to explore their own risks their own boundaries then actually that is massively stunting their development they need to be able to explore they need to be able to test their own boundaries um and sometimes although it sounds cruel a lot of um a lot of child development and child psychologists experts agree that sometimes things like scraped knees or you know getting muddy um because of a because of a fall on the grass or ripped clothes things like that they're actually kind of an um 
things that are formative. They're often things that are very formative for young children because um, because they then learn. Okay, what did what did I do wrong? Okay, um, they make that connection in their brains. Okay, so if I um, if I don't have my eyes on where my feet are, hello, Harley Wilson. Good to thank you for joining us. Good to see you. Um, if they don't, if they're not allowed to experience that in the first place, then they're not going to be able to make that connection, and then they won't be able to and then that can cause a lot of actual anxiety as they grow up because they've been denied the opportunity to take i i, I know it sounds like a contradiction but safe risks um so you know it is super important for children to be able to experience adventurous play and risky play and to be able to judge and um judge risks themselves without um without adults or you know supervisors getting in their way unless they're being extremely unsafe of course so it is a tough balancing act but my feeling and from what i've seen is that most schools and most um child a lot of childcare and educational institutions have a policy of safe to do rather than safe from doing. And what I mean by that is that <clears throat> uh, places would rather um, would rather take stop the activity or stop the risky thing that's going on or take the uh, the slightly risky item away instead of training the children up in how to do it properly and how to make sure their hands are in the right place how to make sure that they're climbing properly without uh so um that that's another example you don't much 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 less so do you see children climbing trees these days um and i'm very lucky um and i guess part of me having this opinion is that I work in a very progressive setting. Um, I work in a setting that does about the vast majority of our things outside. And we have tire swings, we have um, logs and planks uh, uh, tied with ropes to trees and those are swings. So we have sort of natural makeshift swings. Um, we also have a couple of really good climbing trees. And our kids, if they if they want to at certain points during the day, if we're over there, they can climb those trees. They can access those swings. And the adults, we um, are perfectly happy to, you know, push them on the swings if asked. Um, and... This is not something that you see very often, sadly. Um, and I know that especially there are a lot of schools that are in very urban settings where they wouldn't have access to anything like that. But the point is, is that those are, those are 
things like uh, climbing a tree, for example, is a classic childhood activity that is being denied to so many. Um, And it's a real shame because if you have people who know how to help children climb trees, and this is where things like the Forest School Initiative comes in, if you have people who know what they're doing, then those children can be safe to do that. You can have certain rules and boundaries in place. So in my setting, we have um, a couple of rules. Number one being that the children can't climb higher than the adult can reach. So if I reach up with my arm and the child is higher than how far I can reach, then they're too high and they have to get further down. I have to be able to reach them. And the other rule that we have is three points of contact. And that means the child must not be just hanging on just by their arms. They must have at least one foot and two hands on a surface or one hand and two feet on a surface. Um, And that way, that way we can ensure that they are allowed to judge things for themselves. They're allowed to take their own risks, but we're not sort of being neglectful and being unsafe. And I think this should be as much as possible. I, my wish, one of my wishes for the future of education is for that to become the norm rather than the exception. Um, because, and I completely get in many ways that it can be a struggle to do things um, in in mainstream schools if you haven't got enough adults, if you haven't got the facilities. Um, but even so, there's, um, I do still feel that there's like a culture of that adults imposing their fear of the children in their care getting hurt over uh, that that overrides any any instincts of actually okay what what they're doing they're managing their own risk this is actually good for their development um so i bought i i bought up a few um articles and um uh perhaps the most famous of the teachers uh, or school staff in this country that became well known for being allowing his children in his care to take risks and you know d- and do activities that a lot of schools wouldn't dare touch is uh, Mike Fairclough um, Mike Fairclough, for those that don't know, is a teacher. Um, he teaches West uh, West Rise Junior School. He's the head teacher, and he became famous because um, he his school and under his supervision, they do risky activities such as uh, taking care of animals. There's uh, pictures. Um, for example, in the uh, in the uh, press and the newspapers, with 
him posing with a water buffalo and uh he's got teepees and his kids have uh he's taken his kids shooting literally shooting guns um now how how does how how do how does someone go about doing that well there's various uh well he has his own style and me and my school we have our own style for certain risky activities um but one thing that mike fairclough says is that he some people they might sort of see him as a bit of a hippie head teacher and some some might see that school as oh it's a bit hippie the children uh just have very free approach to their education and their their behavior and things but that's actually not quite true the way mike fairclough does things is he has he is actually very strict in his discipline um and because and i i kind of understand this approach if the children don't have enough self-control that they can do things safely then they're not going to be able to take part in that activity because it because it will be too much of a risk and so if you look at mike fairclough he's got long hair and uh you know uh there's there's pictures in the media of him as i said posing with a water buffalo and holding a, a shooting rifle um and he says it would be impossible to achieve those things if he allowed things like, um, you know, disrespectful behavior or, you know, a lack of self-control to become commonplace. Um, and so, and, and so there's a good article in um, TES about that. Um, and he also, on the other side, as well as being sort of very, very discipline focused in order for his children to be safe to do these things um that west rise junior school is famous for and mike fairclough is famous for he's also at the same time advocating for people <clears throat> adults need to be have childlike feet childlike traits towards them they don't that's not to say they're going to be unprofessional and try and become a kid a full-on kid themselves however having a sense of humor not being afraid to take risk themselves and um developing developing their own um imagination and things like that is very is very important so that kids can grow up in in the sense that they will become confident adults to be able to judge risk for themselves take risks and if we <clears throat> and, and this is something i say i say a lot you know it's um and you know ken robson ken robson's most famous uh t- ted talk do schools kill creativity um he obviously talks about um how schools because there's so much 
there that's routine focused it can very much stifle creativity and imagination and that's super harmful for children and it's the same with it's the same with risky it's the same with risky play we have to allow ourselves to use our imagination we have to be able to we have to be able to have a more a more of a spirit of adventure and play ourselves um, while still having that teacher child adult child relationship that doesn't sort of become blurred we have to we have to be able to have that attitude and have that sense of humor in order to in order for our kids to not be stifled um and kill their creativity i'm sure i'm sure many listeners that are listening now and many listeners that will be downloading this um will uh have heard of the nasa study of creativity where nasa took a bunch of um four-year-olds and tested them for their creativity so nasa um they they did this landmark study where they took the same children at ages 5 10 and 15 um and they think very creatively at that age just naturally and then it declines so nasa have this test um where they they give a problem and in this case they gave the problem of how can you improve the standard fork um like the utensil that we eat with and it when they tested the four and five-year-olds so this is before they've entered school 98 percent tested at genius level so they had to they came up with an imaginative and innovative solution to how to improve the standard fork and 98 percent of five-year-olds actually four and five-year-olds actually managed to come up with a brand new um in creative genius creatively genius method then those same t those same kids took the test at age 10 the figure of those who passed at genius level fell to 30 percent they so those those other 68 percent they lost their ability to think imaginatively innovatively outside the box um and then they tested them again at age 15 and the figure dropped again to 12 percent so just think about that for a moment so we went from 98 percent of um of the children tested in the study becoming uh, being creative geniuses and imaginative geniuses to 12 percent that is a drop of 86 percent so 80 86 percent of the tested students uh, tested children when the high the time they became teenagers they um they'd already lost 
their ability to think creatively and imaginatively because well school i guess their schools beat it out of them a little bit which is really sad but also you can't blame schools entirely it's a society thing society needs to change and adults sort of i feel like a lot of adults need to be more um open to letting children bring them into their creative their imaginative worlds and adults need to give children the opportunity to be innovative uh, imaginative use their imagination in their play and their everyday lives it's um it's very important and you know i i'm not a parent so i can't judge parents i am a teacher um that doesn't mean i'm going to judge every teacher out there but i think this is why i'm strongly of the opinion that the system needs to change um we can't carry on with a system that is so exam focused and so test focused and so statistics focused that this kind of thing happens um if you look at the top um 10 skills that will be required for workers and or just people in general in 2025 it's not things um like being being able to answer test score uh being able to answer in a test or um you know retain retaining vast amounts of knowledge without being able to apply that knowledge um uh if i just look if i just bring up the article i can actually um bring this up um so there's going to be a lot of reskilling needed and the workers in three so in four years time most of the jobs and most of the work we do is going to require and i'm reading this this is a world economic forum study and future of jobs report 2020 analytical thinking and innovation acute learning active learning and learning strategies complex problem solving critical thinking and analysis creativity originality and initiative leadership and social influence technology use monitoring and control technology design and programming resilience stress tolerance and flexibility reasoning problem solving and ideation now those uh none of those um uh, in fact a lot of those are skills that are sort of they're not they're seen as seconds to you know academic skills in schools so often and this is why there needs to be a system change um in in my opinion um and this is where what i was talking about before risky play comes in if you stand if adults stand back be there in case something disastrous happens but often stand back or let the children bring them into uh bring you into their world then they are 
actually practicing a lot of these skills themselves there. So <clears throat> I've got some kids that during our sort of during their playtime, um, where they're able to access things that we put out, or I'll be there to do music with them if they want to. I've got a few kids that enjoy conducting me and leading me and telling me which songs to play and how to play them, what voices to use. They're practicing their leadership and social influence. Then other children might start following those and then they might have a turn at being the leader. They're practicing leadership and social influence. That's one of the top 10 skills of 2025. They're also practicing their creativity by that by you know ha having the freedom to do that not being stopped by uh adults telling them oh that's not the way we do this they're allowed to explore that themselves um and this is and this is what we need to get better at just most of the western world needs to get better at this um and I'm lucky that I'm in a school that recognizes these things and I'm not going to pretend we're perfect. You know, no, it's, there's no such thing as a perfect teacher. There's no such thing as a perfect school. Um, you know, there's no, uh, and where was I? Yeah. There's no, there's no such thing as perfection in teaching or a perfect school, but we, uh, we, what we certainly do is we certainly value these uh these skills we value risky adventurous play which is going to allow our children to develop um health uh, healthily and it's going to allow them to find themselves instead of sort of trying to fit in with what adults are trying to get them to do um and this is this is what needs to this is what the country and a lot of the world need to get better at so i forgot to mention um with that nasa study i mentioned before so we had um 12 percent of the teenagers they studied um tested at creative genius level by the time they were adults age 31 so that's roughly my age. Um, I'm one year older. 2% passed. Let that sink in for a moment. So four-year-olds, this is NASA's test to be creative and imaginative geniuses, a simple test on how to improve the fork. At five years old, 96% passed. At 32 or 31, 2% passed. It's pretty shocking. And it's something that we've got to get better at. It's something that we all have to think about carefully. And it's going to take a lot of radical change. It's going to take a lot of system level change at a government level. And it's going to take some big innovators and um and mavericks who you know who push for that change and because the way that 
the education system's going at the moment, um, things like risky play, um, things like opportunities for creative and imaginative work and opportunities for children to find themselves, follow, follow things they're interested in. This it's not, it's not really working in schools at the moment, a lot of schools, and we have to get better at that. Um, so yeah, that, that's sort of my, that, that's my opinion on, um, risky play and, um, what, oh, what Tom, uh, says, uh, this is Tom Rogers, director of Teach Sort Radio. What was the test based on? Um, you mean the NASA test? Um, so it was based on, um, let, let, let's, let's bring this up and let's, uh, and let's see, because I, I just closed the article. Um, so, oh, uh, yeah, so it was based on, they, they were, NASA, two doctors at NASA were looking for, um, looking for potential talent for the future of the space agency. Um, and um, so it was kind of an, it was kind of a an un uh, an un, unanticipated outcome like they were looking for potential within the kids but then um it kind of became an unintentional outcome so yeah, hopefully that answers your question um it's it's base it's basically needs to um yeah basically just needs less less rigid testing more opportunities for innovation okay <clears throat> i'm gonna have a drink um and i'm gonna play a message from our sponsors we'll be back in two minutes or so need support with your phonics teaching did you know oxford university press now has three dfe validated programs to help you Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more, and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Hello everyone and welcome to the History Hotline, the hottest line for all things black history and beyond. I'm your host, Diana Lynn Cook, making space for honest conversations about black British, Caribbean and African history. Here to teach you all the things left out of your school books. Make sure you subscribe to the History Hotline on all good podcast platforms. Follow us on social media at the History Hotline on Instagram and at the History HL on Twitter to find out about new upcoming episodes. Do you struggle with people pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, challenge and empower your team through the MAL CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course? Or 
gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the assertive leadership and the emotionally intelligent leader courses. All MALCPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com. Okay, we're back. Um, so I wanted also to talk about, um, I wanted to, yeah, so my other topic was um, the importance of specialists in primary schools. Now, in, in primary schools, we have, um, we have a lot of Oh, whoops, I just muted my mic back. And class teachers are expected to take on pretty much every subject and be all round teachers. Now, generally, they're hired for their ability and their knowledge in the core subjects being, you know, um, English and maths. Um, and if you ask most primary school teachers, which subjects they wish they didn't have to teach or which um, which subjects they'd be thankful for having a specialist teaching. Number one answers are, are, are actually my two specialist subjects, music and computing. Um, and it's really interesting to me because I'm the opposite. I love teaching music i love teaching computing they're the things i'm good at um but <clears throat> ask me to teach an english or a maths lesson i'm so much worse at things like that um and i guess that's for various reasons for me personally i know what i'm doing much more in um my in my specialist subjects in music and in computing because and they're subjects that I'm super passionate about as well. So therefore, I can get really into them. Um, and I guess also, there's a lot of more creative freedom to um, because if you look at the national curriculum, um, and I'm, 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 Part of, I'm in an independent school, so I don't have to follow the national curriculum. But um, even so, even if I was in a mainstream school, I the entire music curriculum for um, primary age is about half a page long. So that's really not that for lots of people that might seem intimidating because you know that's not much to go on but for me i love that i have the autonomy to do things my way teach those aspects of music but in my style and in a way that fits my school and our values and what they are um and yes uh, and recently yes the model music curriculum came out which was um a a, a a an optional not compulsory but optional 
music curriculum designed by some of the uh, royal schools of music, like the Royal Academy of Music and the Royal College of Music. Um, honestly, opinions vary. I'm personally not a huge fan of a lot of the um, a lot of the stuff in the modern music curriculum. I think it's um, a lot of it is very rigid and a lot of it is a bit out of touch. Um, some of it doesn't make sense to me. But the good thing is we don't have to teach it. We can pick and choose. Um, <clears throat> but here's that I'm getting a little bit sidetracked. What I'm talking about is specialist subjects. So the number one a number one subject that class teachers wish they didn't have to teach music number two usually computing you get others as well like some wish they didn't have to teach pe um some wish they didn't have to teach art um and you get all you get all sorts um but this is where specialist knowledge can come in super handy as a music specialist, there are things, and as a trained professional musician who's also a trained teacher, there are things that I can do that others who don't have my training and experience can't do. Now, I'm not saying at all that a generalist class teacher isn't capable of teaching a brilliant music lesson because they are of course they are and i've seen i've seen some excellent things happening from those that are not specialist music teachers but <clears throat> there's certain things that you only understand if you get to for example if you get to if you study music deeper, if you truly listen, if you get to get to a high standard on a certain instrument, um, at the same time, it's that combination of being a trained teacher as well. Because while I've, I've seen class teachers struggle to teach music, as um, in primary schools, but I've also seen professional musicians struggle to teach primary schools, and it's so it is a very it's a very hard thing to do because it's a combination of both teaching skill and musical skill, <clears throat> and that's not again that's not to say somebody who's a professional musician. Um, who hasn't had any teacher training, they might not have experience, but they might just naturally be able to engage. Um, and that's not to say that these things, that skills and these things can't be learned. But it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do, and that's why I think it's so important to have proper specialists. And so, and you know, I'm. I'm very proud to be one of those music specialists who's both trained, who's both had a lot of extensive musical training and has had 
a lot of extens uh, a lot of extensive teacher training and experience as well. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, there's two in terms of you know music teachers who I strongly look up to as per examples of primary school music teachers who are the best in the country. There's two that I'm huge fans of. One is uh, Jimmy Rotherham. And Jimmy is the music teacher that made headlines for um, his school turning their fortunes around. This is Feversham Primary Academy in Bradford. Um, and he and his head teacher decided to, instead of drilling the core subjects um, from, you know, an inadequate Ofsted rating, not that I really care what Ofsted thinks, they can do one, quite frankly, but, um, but they turned their fortunes around. They were really struggling and they managed to... Um, they managed to turn their fortunes around by focusing on music and a lot of it. And it was through the senior leadership support and Jimmy's phenomenal teaching that they were able to do this. And Jimmy was actually nominated for the Global Teacher Prize. Um, I can't remember which year, but a few years ago. And his school in Bradford has um about six hours it, it all of the kids in that school have six hours of music a week um and uh, as well as a lot of extracurricular stuff and they've become hugely uh, become hugely successful now um and so it is it is very doable if you have the right level of expertise and um or you know the training to give you the confidence to teach a specialist subject like music to a to a high standard and the other specialist that i'm a huge fan of i went to see her teach back in 2019 um were is Anna Rusbach, um, who um, became quite famous among music teachers for her work at Downs Junior School. She's since left and moved to Leeds to work in a different school, but um, her she had a she actually has which and the website's still up. She has a dedicated website, Downs Junior Music, where she's archived loads of the things that she's done with um her year three four five and six students um over the years and some of, and i i've i've borrowed a lot of ideas from her it's safe to say she some of her ideas for warm-up songs and games and activities um i've just looked at them and thought yeah this is awesome we need to do this um and <clears throat> um Without that, without that, without that expert knowledge, the music at those schools would be nowhere near as good as it is. And I guess it's the same with um, teachers of 
certain other subjects like computing for example um now those that are listening live um i be be honest do you have any colleagues that um struggle or are afraid of technology or um are you someone who's afraid of technology i'd be interested to know because it's something very common that I see. And I love being, pers- and I, I personally, I actually quite enjoy being the person that people come to, to, <clears throat> to uh, fix their computer problem. Because I guess, I guess that's one of the things that makes me feel valued. And funnily enough, um, I, I, in on my nursery school report, so when I was three and four years old, one of the things that my nursery teachers said about me was that I enjoyed spending time on the computer. And um, one of my main things, uh, one of my main ways of socializing with others was showing them how to access certain things on the computer and how to do things. Um, which is really interesting because that's <laughs> a lot of that is exactly what I do right now. Um, so, um, hello, if you've just joined. Um, talk, currently talking about the importance of specialist teachers in primary schools. Currently talking about my own specialisms, music and computing. If um, you're one of those, pe- if you've got a subject you're afraid to teach and you're a primary teacher, then let me know. Um, and be interesting. Yes, some are terrified of data sessions. We have middle leaders who struggle to use our data software beyond doing basic PowerPoints. Quite a few struggle. I know that. Um, I do. I do know the feeling. Um, <clears throat> it's because I guess, and I think what I've noticed about a lot of people in technology and computers is. <clears throat> excuse me the reason why um a lot of people are afraid is because they're afraid that if they press something or they touch something then it's all gonna mess up and it's all gonna go wrong um i don't know whether that's adults projecting their fear onto them which can be a common cause of these things or if it's a or if it's just an something went wrong when using a computer in the past but i guess i will never know how that feels because i have a natural affinity for computing i've noticed children are struggling with computers now too though going into a year seven it lesson is wild um tscw i have heard that before that's not the first i've heard of that so there's a um, Microsoft Innovative Educator expert who's a, a secondary IT teacher, Paul Watkins um, from Wales, better known as Lanny Watkins. He actually tweeted that the other day that, you know, he, <clears throat> beginning of the year, year sevens, um, and they've only used touchscreen devices. And so they've no idea how to, excuse me, use a mouse and keyboard. And uh, I'm not <clears throat> saying that there's not much you can do with touchscreen devices because there can be. However, at the moment, <coughs> the, 
with where touchscreen devices are, they still can't compete with mouse and keyboard. And yeah, I guess because of that fear, a lot of children are consumers of technology instead of being creators. And I think that's where a lot of IT teachers and computing teachers want to change things. They want to turn it around so children are creators and are confident to solve their own problems and help others solve problems instead of being consumers. And that is kind of a requirement of the national curriculum now, but I know that spends, that sends shivers down a lot of primary school teachers' spines because they're so they're so afraid of they're so afraid of it. And this is where we have to, this is where we've got to, we have to do better. Um, And as you know, I'm saying as somebody who works in a school where we limit the use of screens and we advocate for limited use of screens, we not, we're not complete Luddites. You know, we spend a lot of time outdoors and in nature, but that doesn't mean we're complete Luddites. And um, my senior leadership have thankfully actually embraced a lot of um, things that I'm good at doing with computing, including the use of Minecraft in school. Um, I did did wonder if this was it. Uh, This is TSCW saying, they struggle to open and save documents. It's utter carnage in a class of 30. We have had to get sick form into support where we can. It gives them something to put on their personal statement and saves the teacher having a breakdown. <laughs> yeah, it's um, that's it, it. I, I don't know. I don't really know the best way of solving it because um, it's so widespread the fear of technology in primary schools and it and it and computing specialists are rarer than my first specialism which is music but in many ways they are super important or at least having some teachers who are very good with computers and know exactly what they're doing um and there have been some things where i've sort of said to colleagues in the past about making sure that you do certain things get into the habit of certain things and that will avoid your computer slowing down and things like that it's um and not overly rely on technology do all primaries have good enough facilities for ict that is a resounding no they don't some will if it's valued some will just you know some it's very half-hearted so yeah um that is that is a resounding no they don't um in fact tscw some and you're you're gonna probably be appalled by this only have touchscreen devices they don't and the primaries are not interested in kids having any mice and keyboards so yeah i thought i thought you might i thought you might say that to scw it is it's pretty and 
because my school's pretty brand new, we only opened in 2019. I'll admit our school at the moment has touchscreen devices only, but definitely I am push I will be pushing and am pushing for us to get proper mouse and keyboard laptops because it's not um and I encourage the use of though the use of those at home as opposed to touchscreen devices where possible um it is so yeah there's many reasons but yeah you're not you're not the only one that's sort of seen year sevens being unable to use a actual proper laptop as opposed to uh, or a computer as opposed to a touchscreen device it is um something that needs to yeah it, it it's it's something that needs to change um yeah juggling budgets and space it it it, it can be um it doesn't mean and and unfortunately there are some schools that they look at the budget and space challenges and they just say, yeah, screw that. It's just not worth it. Um, so we have to, <clears throat> it's something we have to do better. Um, it's something that, so, so yeah, it, I guess with, with, with special, yeah, with specialist subjects in primary schools, that's something that, also people have to consider as um at, at, at leaders have to consider what does the specialist need to be able to teach his or her subject well and you know to be able to support in that um you because they can't they it's it's no good just bringing in a specialist and then expecting them to sort of have all the equipment already and provide it or not, or just give them a bare bones setup and uh, expect them to work magic. It doesn't quite work like that. If you're a music teacher, you need access to a decent range of instruments. If you're an IT teacher, you need access to you know, not just touchscreen devices, but computers that actually work properly. Um, and are treated with respect um, and if you're you know if you're a PE teacher if you if you're doing sports in schools you need adequate space you need adequate equipment um, with with that uh, if you need adequate art supplies if you're going to be an art specialist teacher um, so it's it's got to be a joint effort between the school and the <coughs> and the 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 the, the specialist teacher but it is super important um and as i said at the beginning of this segment there is nothing to say that people can't teach high quality lessons in those subjects if they're not a specialist because they can um it's uh, what my point though is that it it shouldn't be something that's dismissed and there needs to be adequate training uh, and there needs to be an equal importance placed on um, placed on those those subjects to the subjects that class teachers are typically strong at uh, or stronger at. Um, and yeah, that's why 
that that's why specialists are important. Um, and yeah, so I think that sort of brings us to a natural conclusion for this segment. So um, unless there's anything else the live listeners would like to point out, um, I will uh, play the uh, this weekend's news and another advert break and then we'll be back i'll be back and i will start i I think what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna play and sing some songs that i use with the kids um okay this is teachers talk radio and this is teachers talk radio news in an article published on the university's uk website it has been highlighted that most teaching learning student support and extracurricular activities are now being held in person on many campuses the article challenges the narrative about the student experience being primarily online and makes it clear that this is not something that university uk recognizes Universities UK state that for most students it will be a student experience much more like what universities were offering pre-pandemic. The article goes on to acknowledge that some elements of teaching and learning are still being delivered online, but that there is no one-size-fits-all, and that the online offer will differ from university to university. Half a million more disadvantaged children are to receive new laptops and tablets to provide access to education and support. The government has announced a £126 million funding boost to the Get Help with Technology programme. The funding boost will provide up to 10,000 new laptops and tablets to all children with a social worker and those leaving care, and children who have recently arrived from Afghanistan. The scheme will also provide additional devices to schools and colleges to support pupils who are not in lessons due to COVID-19. The Education Secretary, Nadim Zahawi, said... £126 million investment for those children who need them most will complement learning in schools and help drive our work to level up long-term outcomes for those in care or leaving care. In the Channel Islands, ITV News is reporting that school pupils and staff in Jersey are being urged to keep testing themselves for coronavirus during the October half-term. In a letter to schools and parents, Deputy Medical Officer of Health, Dr Ivan Muscat, says it is essential for islanders to remain vigilant following an increase in transmission rates across the British Isles. Dr Muscat says that twice-weekly lateral flow testing and reporting of positive cases is even more vital during the holidays, as people are more likely to be travelling abroad and mixing with friends and family. More than 6,500 students and school staff have signed up to the testing scheme so far. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. 
To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Hello everyone and welcome to the History Hotline, the hottest line for all things black history and beyond. I'm your host, Deanna Lynn Cook, making space for honest conversations about black British, Caribbean and African history. Here to teach you all the things left out of your school books. Make sure you subscribe to the History Hotline on all good podcast platforms. Follow us on social media at the History Hotline on Instagram and at the History HL on Twitter to find out about new upcoming episodes. Do you struggle with people pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, challenge and empower your team through the Mal CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the assertive leadership and the emotionally intelligent leader courses. All Mal CPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com. There, there we go. Right, I am back. Okay, so um, as I <clears throat> as I said at the beginning of my show, I wanted uh, to uh, try something a little bit different um, for this last segment. Um, I wanted, and if this is successful, I'll make this a regular thing. Um, I wanted to have a go at um, playing and singing a few songs that I uh, <clears throat> that I sometimes do with the kids, um, and um, oh, and uh, any any live listeners, TSCW and Tom, um, if you guys are worried about like getting a copyright strike, then just type in the chat, stop me, and uh, I will I will just stop right there. But I'm hoping that. I'm hoping that um, because I'm playing myself and I'm playing covers of these songs, we should we should be okay. And um, you know, the, these are songs that I want to teach. I'm sure it'll be fine because if you it's you playing it as a cover, yeah, uh, that's what I was hoping. Um, anyway, before I do that, I just wanted to um, mention one thing with um, regards to. Um, those of you that know me will know um, I'm a music and computing specialist. I'm also very into video games and I'm um, a very, I love using Minecraft in school. Um, and <clears throat> Minecraft Education have just released a series of lessons and resources um, with in combination with the Met Office um, about climate change and sustainability, ecosystems, and I'm certainly going to be exploring these and hopefully my school will be as well. I'm going to try and persuade them. Um, and yeah, it just seems like a really good resource. So for those that are um, listening live, I'm going to copy and paste a link in the chat now. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Anyway, on to songs. So um, recently, we've had Harvest Festival, and we've had um, also Halloween's coming up. Um, 
But first, I wanted to teach you um, a little warm-up that doesn't involve any instruments. And this is credit goes to Anna Rusbach for teaching me this one, a music teacher I mentioned um, earlier in the show. Um, this is on the Downs Junior School Music YouTube channel. Um, and it's one of my favorites. It's one of the kids' favorites. It's called the Banana Song. Um, so the way you do this is um, you start out, um, you have a leader. It could be the teacher or it could be a student if they're confident with it. And then there's various actions to go with it. Um, you start out, uh, the leader shouts, Bananas of the world, unite! And then you clap your hands together, you put it uh you put your hands above your head and then you start the song and it goes like this this is going to sound really weird because you can't see me doing the actions but watch the video it's great fun um i might link it in the description and then it goes like this <clears throat> peel banana peel peel banana peel banana peel peel banana chop banana chop chop banana chop Banana chop chop banana scoop banana scoop scoop banana scoop banana scoop scoop banana blend banana blend blend banana blend banana blend blend banana drink banana drink drink banana drink banana drink drink banana that banana that that banana that banana that that banana sweep banana sweep sweep banana sweep banana sweet sweet banana um yep yep pgl i'm sure these uh songs that are all around camps and uh pgl and all that yeah it's all um so yeah the these songs aren't made up by uh me by any chance um although if i do end up right writing a song i might play it to you i mean i've written this school song um for my current school um I'd I'd have to sort of check with everyone if they're all right um, for to share that with the radio show, but yeah, it should be all right. Anyway, um, so that's the banana song. That's like a, one of my favourite warm ups. Um, oh, please, you want to hear my? You want to hear our school song? Okay, I'll, let me check uh, check with the rest of my colleagues, and um, I'll uh, and then maybe next week I can play it to you. Um, I wanted to um, explore one of my favourite Harvest songs and also one of my favourite um, Halloween songs for primary schools. So um, everyone, there's some classics that everybody knows with regards to Harvest, um, such as this one. Cauliflower's fluffy and cabbage is green. Strawberries are sweeter than any I've seen. Beetroot, purple and onions white. All growing steadily day and night. The apples are ripe and the plums are red. The broad beans are sleeping in the blankety bed, etc. So that's one that everybody knows. Um, it's a classic. But also, sometimes if you have, um, if you sometimes songs can be overdone um, and done in every school and sometimes people get sick of it so one of my favorites and this is from sing up which is uh my favorite website for primary school songs and lots of people's favorite as well they got some absolute bangers on there um thank your lucky stars by emily barden 
is one of my personal favorite is my personal favorite harvest song that i've seen for a primary school um so i'm going to play a little bit of that to you like two verses and a chorus you see a world that's full of possibility water to drink and food to eat clothes to wear shoes on your feet we'll give thanks to you share what you have with people you love and life is Um, there's a third verse as well so that's thank you lucky stars um it can be accessed in sing up brilliant joe i finally understand this song i never sang it but my kids tell me about it and they all remember the cauliflower song harvest assembly makes sense <laughs> this is pure i love it massive respect to all primary school teachers i did it for a bit and realized i was too grumpy for it huh? <laughs> thank you for those comments all right well um you guys seem to be enjoying this and hopefully those that are downloading it do as well um so that one that one's called thank you lucky stars um now this song is called creepy castle um it's by al start who's uh, quite a big um primary school songwriter singer songwriter um and yeah this is definitely mine and some of the kids favorite halloween song um this is quite sh um, short, actually, at the end of the day, so I might as well uh, play and sing all of it. It's quite spooky, this one. So you can get your kids doing lots of spooky uh, Halloween-y type sounds in this one. Um... Shh. <laughs> Creepy castle, nobody's ever home. 
Down at the creepy castle, you're scared to be alone. You never know, you never know, you never know, you never know what is about to happen. Your heart begins to thump, and then you get your kids stamping your feet, stamping their feet rather. What is about to happen when something makes you jump? Boo! Ah! You never know, you never know, you never know, you never know. Run away, there's a ghost behind me. Hide in here and it might not find me. Run away as fast as lightning. Creepy castle. It's so frightening. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I look through a tiny keyhole, too terrified to speak. I look through a tiny keyhole. When something starts to creak You never know You never know You never know You never know Run away, there's a ghost behind me Hiding here and it might not find me Run away, as fast as lightning Creepy castle, it's so frightening and then you, I usually finish with an evil laugh. So, yeah, that one's great fun. Um, you can get the kids doing all sorts of uh, spooky stuff um, and get them doing all kinds of sound effects and things. So, yeah, it's a great one. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that's, that's my favourite Harvest song and my favourite Halloween song uh, from Sing Up. Uh, now, before... Um, I uh, close out the show. Um, from uh, it's amazing. I want to be back in primary. The best times, yeah, it, it can be great fun. I mean, with that song, with Creepy Castle, you actually um, sometimes you have to be a bit sensitive because there's um, there's some kids that I know uh, that I've taught that are very very sensitive to things. Um, and it's, it, it, it can be a strange feeling because I've taught children who are actually very confident and they love music. But if, me, but if there's anything that's sort of remotely threatening or remotely spooky or remotely anything that isn't safe and happy, they can be quite, they can, they can really put them sort of, give them a lot of anxiety and i have encountered that with this the song i just played creepy castle um i've also encountered that with um so uh i i had one child in fact who was really um in year one and this child was really scared of pj masks um that was that was quite that was quite a surprise to me. Um, and I mean, the, this child was I, a really lovely child. Um, I had to 
I had to be very, um, I had, yeah, I had, I had to be very sensitive to that child's feelings because, yeah, it, it, it you, you, you surprise, it's surprising how anxiety inducing some things can be to child, to young children when you don't realize it. Um, and you know, with experience, you know the difference between if a child is playing you and taking advantage or if they are, it is actually genuinely causing them anxiety. And I have, I have had that children who love music, who you introduce a song like that, which lots of people really enjoy, but it gives them a lot of anxiety. Um, anyway, um, so I'll play one more song um well, well, before i finish one of the ones that i like yeah do you know what let let's play let's play a classic this is uh one that um one that's very uh lots of primary school t uh, teachers do this one and know and know this one it's called i once saw an elephant and um it's a very yeah it's a brilliant song um and you can get lots of different instruments going and actions with the animals and um get different children playing the instruments and things um yeah this one's a classic and then we'll close out the show so i once saw an elephant by um give credit where credit's due vo fletcher um it's available on sing up it's also available from early birds music. Um, should I do it there? Yeah. Ah, let me start that again. I once saw an elephant too, but he was elegant, dressed in his best with a big bow tie, playing on a piano, going hammer, 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 and the audience all went woo! Playing on a piano, going hammer, 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 and the audience all went woo! I once saw a dinosaur, who he had a mighty rock, dressed in his best with a big bow tie. Playing on a drum, going rumty tumty tum, and the audience all went woo! Playing on a drum, going rumty tumty tum, playing on a piano, going hammer hammer hammer, and the audience all went woo! I once saw a crocodile, who he had a funny smile, dressed in his best with a big bow tie, playing on a flute, going rooty tooty toot. And the audience all went woo! Laying on a flute, going rooty tooty toot. Laying on a drum, going rumty tumty tum. Laying on a piano, going hammer hammer hammer. And the audience all went woo! I once saw an octopus who he liked to make. Dressed in his best with a big bow tie, playing a guitar, going da di da di da, and the audience all went woo. Playing a guitar, going da di da di da, playing on a flute, going rooty tooty toot, playing on a drum, going rumty tumty tum, playing on a piano, going hammer hammer hammer, and the audience all went. 
This is so wholesome. I request a song a week, please. My heart has been filled right back up. Can we all join in? Yeah, sure. You can join in at home. <laughs> I, Mel CPD, you made a, you chose an excellent time to enter, didn't you? Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like people have really enjoyed me playing and singing the songs. So I'll definitely keep that up and have that as the, or always have that as the final segment of my show. I mean, that is, this is my second trial show. So that is if, um, if Tom will uh, recruit me as a permanent host, hint, hint. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I'm way too grumpy for primary too. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Well, yeah. Anyway, so there you have it. Um, and I guess if people have um, any requests for songs for certain topics they want me to look up, um, I guess as long as they're not, you know, pop songs released by... Um, Re released by you know really well famous artists or anything like that i mean i guess if i'm playing a cover it kind of makes it kind of okay but at the same time we also do have to be careful of that because uh, it's, if it's like a well-known song because sing up has some pop songs and rock songs some modern ones and some old classics like i've been doing born to be wilder with my kids on guitars and ukuleles recently um there's also um, things, uh, m more modern pop songs as well. Um, <laughs> we will definitely be doing a Christmas show um, in, in my school. I'm not sure if it will be a nativity. Um, we shall see. But yes, um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I will be doing a uh, nativity at my school. I mean, we could, yeah, teachers talk radio nativity. I guess we could do that. Anyway, um, I am going to close out the show there. So um, thank you very much all to all my live listeners. And if you um, have downloaded the show and are listening um, um, after the show has been published, then thank you also. Um, and I will hopefully see you next week. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.